0: Uh, let's play a game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say the Columbus crew player. You're going to say if they're uh, alive. Uh, first, we'll go with uh, Guillermo Barros Pat, you go first.
1: <laughs>
0: uh... Okay, so that's a no. Uh, okay, uh, Juan, you next. No, not you one. Sorry, Profe. Okay. No. Insert sad. What is it? Marine ghost? <laughs> space ghost? Okay. Space ghost Insert. These guys talked through this about for thirty minutes and are still going. I don't know what they're talking about. Hey, <laughs> It's episode. It's one hundred sixty-eight. View from two hundred two. Um, it's it's Britt, Cork, Peaches, Sam, uh, the Red Bulls, the New York Red Bulls, New York Red Bulls.
1: It's kind. Of, it's kind of a plural Red Bulls kind of mood this week, rather yeah. than singular. And it's not really any fault of the, of the club, uh, the club itself, or like the team. It's just kind of
0: yeah How it is yeah before before we pressed record with Tom peaches it's, it's really it's really not a bit this this is all just feels very blurred to me right now, you know i'm not just I'm not just saying it to argue on the internet. just like what?
1: man, what just Bru- Bruce arena uh, my my mood right now is like Bruce Arena closing his eyes and like shaking his head back and forth. And then opening his eyes and saying, What? Like that's that's my energy about like the last, you know, I guess the entire last, you know, four months or whatever of soccer. Yeah.
0: Actually, I have to take that I, I disagree. I'm I'm actually on the edge of my seat because we're back. We're doing it again. Our long national nightmares over. We're gonna do Simpson Bowls again. We're gonna cut <laughs> we're gonna cut social security, we're gonna balance the budget, we're not gonna prosecute war criminals. It's back baby. Auga. Uh so that's why I haven't been able to to focus on the Red Bulls. Um
1: just you got you got austerity fever.
0: Oh you're, yeah. You're ready. The the second best thing to CCL fever. Uh we played two games since we last spoke, but didn't we play 3? No, no. No, it's just City in Toronto, right? Yeah, okay. we last we last spoke before the, the
2: Derby. But it feels like forever. Because these games yeah. are actually spaced out. Also, I think yeah. we just
3: forgot about this uh this this um
0: podcast. Well, no, well, I think like... it... Yeah. Go ahead, Brett. We're gonna it's, say the same thing. The week of the election, I think everyone just sort of like tacitly gave themselves permission to do nothing. That's how I was.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So with our our big when when democracy was saved or whatever, I mean it was worth taking a couple nights off.
0: Yeah, exactly. For democracy, I mean I was streaking in Prospect Park in search of Chuck Schumer all week. He didn't show up till Saturday at Grand Army Plaza. By which time I'd already passed out in the bushes. So that's why I didn't record peaches. Not because I don't love the New York Red Bulls. All right, um, but. Yeah, the the Yeah, there's also been international breaks in between, you know, which is very typical.
1: That too, yeah. And, which is and like that that I mean that, that they're even doing these international breaks has it's like yeah, obviously the international breaks are always a big uh, you know, monkey wrench in the MLS playoffs, but uh this year especially the fact that they're the fact that they're doing them at all in the midst of all this, like cross continental, all that is so especially absurd and to have that tripping up what is already a rinky dink season has yeah. just you know completely snowballed the entire just who care factor about all this
0: the really the really like extra edge to it all is like when I do catch a highlight of Kaku scoring because uh, he actually played uh, and then like the subtitle or the graphic on it is like the road to fucking Qatar twenty twenty two. I'm like, oh yeah, right.
1: Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: all oh, right, like it was all, our, the, the baseline level was already like
1: absurd.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's <not> ridiculous. Anyway,
1: <laughs> it's just a race to the bottom, man. Yeah. yeah,
0: we are already playing a Winter World Cup in blood Guitar, stadiums. Oh God, Jesus um, Christ! But with uh, wait, is is that and will that be the first expanded field one?
1: Oh, yeah. 46? Jesus Christ. 48. Yeah, golly. Actually,
0: I guess I'm kind of pro-chaos. I don't know if that's just accelerationism. Yeah, yeah.
1: Me, but I don't know. Yeah, like, guess, yeah international soccer has, uh, like we've talked a lot, gotten somewhat stale recently. So yeah. maybe, yeah. maybe
0: that's the best games of the last World Cup was like Iran versus
1: Portugal. Senegal, or like yeah, Iran yeah.
0: I might be mixing the two tournaments because I think Iran and Morocco played a game that might have been in 14, though. That was like one of the better games. And it, like Iran was actually probably in one of the harder groups. So, like, I wouldn't mind seeing more games from teams like that. Right. So
1: uh, a, they should have, they should really have like a Europa League World Cup. But yeah, yeah they really know.
0: should. It would be the Sevilla of that.
1: Um, I would, uh,
0: the United States. Yeah. <laughs>
1: We might have the, the in, in 18, but, uh, like.
0: Iran um, would probably be a good shout actually. Yeah,
1: really. Like I'm, I'm thinking of like some of the, like the big Asian countries or big African countries that miss out due to like the Egypt. randomness. Egypt
0: would probably yeah. Yeah. make a few, uh, uh, Actually, Port- Portugal would might be the good, like the Sevilla comparison, because like they are the ones where like they keep winning it, but then like just kind of slumming it out of the Champions League proper and then winning it over and over. And it's just like, come on, dude, fuck you. Like, just yeah. like move, move up, like, just play in the other league.
1: But, um, I guess we, anyway, it's just headphones. all fucking garbage. <laughs> Fuck this shit. Uh, let's, let's talk about abstract theoretical uh tournaments that don't exist instead of the one that does exist that sucks.
0: I I'm having a great time thinking about that. Uh I don't want to talk. The Derby was weird. This is fucked up. Um is almost what three weeks ago now. Uh very, Yeah, I tried I've already tried to forget about it, and I think I have. Yeah. I mean the one upside to this if you can call it that is that the, the, the general situation has made, um, you know, city feel even more fake. So it's like, you know, once I turned away from the screen, once I, I just stopped looking at the screen and closed my eyes, it just kind of went away. Um, so it it wasn't real. Uh, and then we beat Toronto, which I have good on authority, have on good authority was very funny. Um, Oh, should we just talk about? I, I'm game to just start looking forward to this weird game we have on the weekend against Columbus and the fact that apparently he's here. Herr Struber has comp to whatever peaches you can correct me. Um, and is currently en route or is walking off of the plane right now with Bernd Eibler <laughs> scraping the ground in front of him like a curling team. Um, And he's going to apparently be available for media tomorrow, which will probably be today by the time you're listening to this. Uh, is that right? Is he is he's he's fucking here. He's going to coach on Saturday.
1: Uh, I don't I uh, it ha, has that come out. I mean, I feel like I'm well, the he, person who should be keeping track of that. But, no, no, uh,
3: no. He's like definitely like now officially like a employee
1: well yeah um, they, they 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 did come out with the statements that he's officially in the country but i thought y'all were maybe saying that like they there there was something said that he's going to be on the touchline i still don't no, know about no, the I,
2: I, I don't know about that i
0: asked because I, I have no oh, idea okay. i know we the should, media um,
2: availability is tomorrow
0: right i think that's going to be one of the questions hopefully okay but it's it's i mean not to uh, God, to like you know, beat this dead horse. It's like he's gonna be here for what four days? Uh, and coaching on Saturday. I mean, it'd be very funny if we won with him on Saturday. It'd be great. Yeah. But the fa- also combined with the fact tying in the international conversation that Kaku and CCJ are, are part of this larger MLS international contingent that are getting charter flights back and gonna be available immediately and won't even be in training really for most of the week adds another aspect to it of like, well, okay, this just feels very like all, all else being equal. Like it feels very rushed that like two of our most important players are just like kind of shown up like right before. Um, very weird. Especially feeling.
3: if the argument um, I think in the Toronto game was that we we're trying to figure out our playoff, like ro- or like starting 11. And that's why, you know, like Kaku
0: and CZJ didn't start or something. Oh, okay. Actually elaborate on that. Cause I'm, 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 in the dark, on that. Um,
3: well, I, I distinctly remember it being like kind of a talking point that the reason that Kaku or, or a potential reason that Kaku and CCJ didn't start in the game, or um, I mean, like for Kaku's place in, play in the game, was that they were getting ready for playoffs, knowing that they wouldn't have Kaku or CCJ. But oh, if there's now the potential <laughs> that both of them are
1: uh to like, be available, you're saying like they they were planning for lineups in case you know a very likely thing that their their return got complicated, so they would have to play without them. So you're that, that was like a contingency or something. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, me.
3: and it was like the, I think even, even you know, for all intents and purposes, I think everyone just thought that, you know, once they got back, they'd have to do the necessary quarantine. But now that yeah. they're like pulling extra a leg or something, it's, it's kind of funny
0: to, to have prepared for maybe something that, wasn't necessary in that regard also i did skim over one real effect well quotes real effect of of the win against toronto is that we don't have to do a plan game um so if we had lost against toronto or other results hadn't gone our way we would have had to play even earlier i think um and they probably wouldn't have been available either so they probably did it with that possibility in mind too um but yeah, I could buy that. But I mean what what's so what's the updated feel as much as we can have on like the feeling out how much communication there may have been between Carnell and Struber and all that whole thing. Because my my feeling my impression has only grown in the last couple of weeks that um there's there's not a ton of back and forth. You know, I assume he's watching, but I it does does not feel like Stuber is in like full capacity at giving full notes to Carnell or whatever.
1: There hasn't um, been. Yeah, there haven't been any of uh, like not that they would like go out of their way to do this, especially with how how close to the vest they've been with like the interviews and podcasts with him and yeah. stuff so far have been. But like um there haven't been any pictures of him like hanging around training that I'm aware of yet, yeah. Um, which I think they would maybe. That's something they might actually want to at least give a little bit of a teaser on. So, um, I I would have a hard time believing that he's yeah fully involved in training. And I think I think it's it's I think the whole process of kind of not fast tracking getting him involved after a certain point was out of respect for Carnell and out of a, a resignation that you know Struber wasn't going to be able to get installed quickly enough to have. Yeah. A, a significant impact on that, what the team ended up doing this season anyway, and it was only fair to yeah. Carnell to let him play out the rest of this. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm expecting I, – I haven't I heard anything that would imply they're planning for the contrary, and I think Carnell's going to be on, on the touchline on this weekend, and then you know, <sighs> hopefully we'll win, Yeah, and, when that's uh, when and then we'll see what happens after that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I was um, going to
3: say that I I feel like um, you know um, if Gerhard wins the whole thing it was also entirely his decisions um, to to have made us win MLS Cup right? Oh
0: it goes without saying if we win Gerhard's a genius he's basically God we lose he hasn't even started yet exactly
3: Um, but but also like (laughs) I'm just realizing now that we probably should have
0: just
3: uh, recorded tomorrow if we were all available because we would have that we extra press, the conference press
1: information <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um
0: actually
1: I was, more I was fun see, maybe
3: this way <laughs> cork i was going to try to see a question to you actually now that i thought about it where it's just like are you are you going to let um you know for playoffs would you uh take carnell's um setup um into the tournament and i think that would just like answer both questions of like you know if they've been communicating before or if um you know this is like carnell's uh tournament or something like that
0: i think like i mean it may have been a it might be an interesting question because i anticipate that you would just get more um filibustering actually it'll be interesting to see is he i don't know if he's going to appear with Thelwell. But like yes. it'll be interesting. Okay, I wonder I want it'll be interesting to see how much Thelwell lets him speak, or maybe if 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 Thelwell either accidentally or intentionally kind of talks a lot. Um because right. like I mean as opposed to the Armist era, we now have guys more similar to Jesse again, who kind of just are adept at kind of just talking until you just forget what you asked about in the first place. Um because my first thought when you asked that, Peaches, is like, well, what, what even is Carnell's setup? And then I was like, okay, well. Struber and Thelwell will probably describe Carnell's setup as like, "Oh, he's a really professional guy, and he's just really done a good job under difficult circumstances." And I think Brad's really, you know, contributed in yada 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 yada, and just like never really answering because, uh, like, I don't, I don't think you would ever get a, a reply out of them. Really, a straight reply out of them for like what they actually, how they actually see Carnell's shape. But maybe, maybe I'm being too cynical about that. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean. I I I just uh yeah, as far as like we don't know what he's gonna say tomorrow, but like as far as uh like what you're saying, Britt, yeah, the like I I think it, it both emphasizes how sort of green str or new Struber is to both uh the US and uh Management in general. I mean, this guy's only been a manager for like less than two years, um, as far as like being a public facing, you know, guy. Yeah. So there's that element and the language barrier where I think um where I think he'll he'll like maybe be not that candid in this press conference and lean on well a lot. And I think I think there's that cultural element. Like- and I think I think also there's an element of uh that um you know Thelwell being there is, is, is emphasizing that like a theme that maybe I've expressed a little bit in writing and on the show recently that, uh, he's, that the management role, the the head coach role is not as central or key that, that Thelwell is kind of a boss as well as Struber and that it's, you know, it's a committee sort of management structure that we have here, which is in stark contrast to what we had seen, you know, even, even in the, you know, kind of. Uh, Ralph Ball era of of having sort of very centralized small management structures, um, but what were you saying, Peaches?
3: Well, I was gonna say I don't I don't think the the language barrier argument could really be used, um, considering that he'd been giving the press conferences for Barnsley.
1: Well, yeah, yeah but I mean, still, like he, I, I doubt just because he was doing the press conferences for Barnsley. I mean, I'm sure it doesn't sound like from what I've from what I've read that he like said you know, that he had any big gaffes or anything like that, but um, while he was at Barnsley, but I think still th- it's I'd say it's not even necessarily that he, that he might make gaffes or say something stupid or anything like that, that it's more just not, you know, necessarily feeling, you know, comfortable expressing what you want to get across to the fans for the yeah. first time. Um, in yeah, you know, second language, And did such an, in such an important role. And like, yeah, his, his, his English is not like, perfect from what I've heard
0: yeah yeah or it's like it's very um like deliberate and like academic to me or it's like it's Kinda, like very yeah. it very It feels very much like he learned it in school very I mean better than I speak German or Spanish I think sure. probably uh, but um also like it also like we've said on previous episodes like Thelwell seems to have approached his media roles like his media responsibility very deliberately and like yeah. trying to like work it so it wouldn't surprise me if Thelwell is kind of like if if he's like don't worry Gerhard like I'll I'll read the room and kind of gauge it for you and if you want me to jump in I can so Peaches I think you have a point there there is a there is an argument of like a reversion of this show where we just record this tomorrow and can speak it more in detail but I actually kind of like that we've done it before because this is making me realize how looking back at the announcement um press conference for armis like when i went back to go like get a screen grab or just listen to a couple things i looked at it and i just like (laughs) saw the energy of the room and like everyone's faces scrolling through it and it was like oh my god it's like the part of the horror movie when you look back at someone finds like the photo book in the uh, attic and like sees it was all there all along uh it was just kind of like that so maybe tomorrow we can we can lay our marker down before we see it maybe we can Put down a vibe check on, on what's going on, even though it'll probably be uh, all masked up and whatever. I do wonder if Struber and Fellow are going to get their own webcams or if they're going to like huddle together in one frame of a laptop in front of the backdrop masked up together.
1: Yeah, in front of the Hackensack Meridian Health banners. Uh.
0: I hope Dr. Riley is is... MCing again for some reason.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. He was good. Yeah, he was he, was. he was
0: good. He was totally imagined. We should when when Steven Shepard died, we should hire Dr. Riley, <laughs> to be quite honest. Um, but yeah, it's it's um I, I'm calling it also now. I think I don't know from whom. I don't know if it's gonna be from TV or or a non-Red Bulls person or just random in the internet. But if we win, I think. There will be a vapid comparison to the Cup Run with Mara playing goalkeeper, and then everyone in the last minute questioning the idea of a cupkeeper and whether we should play Robles in the final or not. Um, if we win, I oh, think yeah. somebody's going to try to make that comparison, even though it's the manager and not a player. But I don't know. Yeah. Um, maybe so. Maybe it was too flippant about the Toronto game because maybe we should look at that as potential lineups or or solutions because I am kind of curious in the forward shape uh, or like which forwards we go with on this carousel because Brian White gets another goal, right? Um, And he's really made a case for himself uh, at the end of the season, which I think is very interesting given that only two or three months ago we were here saying, I don't know why Brian White isn't playing anymore or hasn't gotten as many chances. And he really wasted no time in taking advantage, despite the fact that it hasn't, it hasn't meant that he's replaced Tom Barlow by any means. But um, he's back and he's been in. I mean, do, would, you, would you expect to see White start against Columbus and maybe the rest of the playoffs? And do you think, do you think that if he plays well, this could really make a difference in his future on the team? Or is it all kind of academic?
1: I think it depends a lot on uh, whether Kaku is healthy, just out of formation's sake. Um, okay. Because I think White um, being alongside Barlow in the last game was a sort of adjustment to that. Um, but uh, if if Garnell or whoever, God knows, uh, ends up putting a one-striker formation out there, um, with Kaku in the hole, um, then you know I think it becomes sort of a decision um, as far as White or Barlow. I would like to think if if we're still attached to the framework that Barlow in in the regular season was being used, or they just in general the whole squad in the regular season was sort of a guinea pig, and that they were just kind of like planning for next year and evaluating things for next year with some of the different lineups and 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 guys who they gave minutes to. Um, I think if we're still thinking of that, that was the case, I would hope that during the playoffs, they would shift away from that a little bit and go with the hot hand, both, both go with the hot hand and move away from the idea that we're scouting guys in a proxy with Barlow and just put white out there as the starting striker. Um, if you're, if you're, you know, only choosing one guy, um, I think that's, that's sort of my. Um, what I'm looking at as far as what the forward line looks like this weekend.
0: That's an interesting way of thinking about it, because I think here's another name that pops right to the front of my mind. Daniel Royer, subbed mm-hmm. in, seemingly healthy again. We are now in a winner go home short-term scenario um, where if he is one of the better guys, just like for the team as it is now... For me, it would make sense to play him. It would say, well, I mean, every time I get close to trying to issue a judgment or a prediction about this, I check myself and say, do I really want to? But it would feel more meaningful to me if Royer is healthy on Saturday and he doesn't play. Be like, oh, okay," because because to me, even with like all of these proxy theories and guinea pig theories that we've been airing out, if I wanted to win a game tomorrow as the New York Red Bulls, I'd probably still play a healthy Danny Royer with the rest of these guys, um, just to, just to, you know, in, in increase our chance of scoring some goals. Um, but I don't know. I, I also think that it's, I think you activated me right now, Britt. Go um, ahead. Well, I just think that
3: overall, we haven't really been playing with Danny Royer. Um, and, and that, you know, he hasn't really started. I don't think there's been any word of him not being like totally healthy or anything.
0: I think that maybe we just like, he did get a move. knock. He was out for a game or two, I think, with, with the knock, and then
2: he was out <laughs> doing city. I'm I'm looking through, and like Royer, like hadn't started since the Orlando game, like a month yeah, ago. Yeah, I was going
3: to say he has not um, started. But he was no, on Ohio. the
2: bench for Chicago, on the bench for New England, on the bench for Toronto, and he he got subbed in in most of those games. The only game he wasn't in the 18 on was the the city game. So Britt, maybe mm-hmm. the knock or or whatever had taken place then. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I feel like I haven't seen him in like. It, it does feel like we've been trying to play without him for the last month.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, I think in terms of both planning ahead for a future without Danny Royer, as well as um, the the near future um, with him on the squad, I don't know. It doesn't feel like he, he will um, start in based on what I, I I feel like has been going on
0: so far. That's just all I'm trying to say.
3: Also, you also know how I feel
0: otherwise about it. That's true. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. I mean, I guess, yeah, He Royer was basically not starting for any of those Caden Clark games or like the two Brian White games after that where he'd scored late. So that's a good point. Um, and I think that like forward big picture right now, I, I'm still at a place where I'd very much expect us to go get a new forward this offseason no matter what. Um, and both, me, both,
1: both in a vacuum and to replace Royer. Yeah. I mean, you know, face and facts. I mean, so. yeah,
0: true. And I think it's really a, an audition to who, who can stay behind um, to to maybe play third or fourth behind those guys. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think that other than that, you know, I think Jared Stroud actually um, is one of the names I would feel most confident inking in for this Saturday. Of that, which I think is actually really a, a testament to like how out of this weird, bizarre season, I think he's really been able to make a mark. And I guess if we do season or awards or something this episode, because guess guess it is the end of the regular season, uh, he's definitely at the top of my list for a guy who really made a lot out of an otherwise lackluster, difficult season.
1: Uh, but he wasn't hurt last year, so it doesn't count. That's he, true. He wasn't uh, he wasn't literally hurt all season, so he doesn't deserve to be considered for any comeback awards. Um, it is
0: did he did he I can't it's so hard to remember with some of these guys whether they were technically on a first team contract last year or not. I, mean, I think this is had the uh,
3: I was gonna say he had the um, the terminal uh, illness of being on New York Red Bulls too. Mm. So that might That's be considered true. an injury.
0: They did announce they were making they're finally making a change to the rookie of the year terminology. I don't know if that's effective for this year or next though, but I think they are finally just making a young player of the year.
1: It's like you 21 or something.
0: I think they said 24, which is kind of still high. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's There's like, Yeah.
0: but There's guys who have been in
1: the league for like seven years who are
0: 24. Yeah, Diego Fagundes like, already yeah, exactly. like, had a child playing in MLS by that
1: point. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he would, Diego Fagundes would have been like the Sevilla of winning MLS Rookie <laughs> of the Year.
0: Yeah, you can win it more than once.
1: <laughs> yeah, That'd like fucking you, 24. Like, 24-year-old guy is like not... Not a young player. Yeah. Twenty
0: four. They still do. They still do the twenty four under twenty
1: four thing. I think they moved it to like twenty two under twenty two. Oh, oh yeah, that does sound familiar. Uh, yeah, yeah. Adjust adjust your television sets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think Alex they for
0: twenty two under 2020. I think they're um. My read is that there's some sort of dragging their feet on like Generation Adidas and like the vestiges and remnants of draft stuff. Cause I think like there's still some guys, you know, like what? Brian, right. White, right. And, and Tom Barlow, who's still doing three or four years of college. And I think they don't necessarily want to pull out the rug under that yet. Even though. Yeah, they,
1: yeah, definitely. I shit. I would, but like, I yeah, it, it is a nice, I mean, I guess it is to give them some credit uh, is a nice gesture to move rookie of the year of the way rookie of the year away from being just, you know, guy who got best guy who got drafted because that's eventually what it, came to be because anybody else was not anybody else who came out of any sort of professional soccer setup was not considered a rookie
0: right and we also got to the point where uh the it had been a couple years in a row now where like the guys who are getting drafted were no longer just like automatically getting played anymore yeah exactly so you're getting
1: guys who played like 15 games in the running for the award
0: because it was like I don't know, four or five years ago, you, you, you had like Austin Berry or whoever is still getting like a ton of minutes immediately. Mm-hmm. And then you started having the, what was it Jaumutinho? Oh yeah, one? yeah,
1: the guy I who was LAFC kind of picked. Yeah.
0: Names. Um, or like Beck, Becker? Beck, Becker? That's one of the guy's names, right? Uh, who was like Bacaro? okay, yeah. Uh, like all those, all the like guys that they try to hype up were like, all of a sudden now just like not getting minutes at all Leo they like, yeah. to keep it, keep his name out of your mouth all right <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to hear any whiff of disrespect towards leo stoles i i mean that is the everyone has their one move that they like you know irrationally actually it's not irrationally fuck it that they stand <laughs> and I, I still think leo stoles was the perfect why not opportunity and he's at the very least, just an, an icon for burnout twenty-seven-year-olds and twenty-eight-year-olds. So we salute you, Leo. Um, although he's probably working for like he, he's probably working for Pfizer. In fact, you know what? Leo Stolz invented the coronavirus vaccine. <laughs> the coronavirus vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So good for you, Leo. Uh, always knew we could trust in you. He's going to show up
2: in the uh, hometown heroes. Uh, next thing that the Red Bulls do that's
0: true he's gonna he's gonna be uh hosted by dr riley and he's gonna be the next dr riley once he becomes the next chef so um the
1: leo stoltz is is in like 20 years he's gonna be the guy in that breaking bad episode who like yes oh my god taste tests the ketchup and then kills himself or whatever yes
0: that's oh man that is that is every time i see that or I think of that, like, plot line, I'm like, yeah, there's is, this, this is just something Red Bull going on here.
1: That, 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 that's, that's what culture. I think of every, you know, ever since I saw that, that's what I think of when I think of, like, German corporate culture. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. As you should. We just have one very frazzled woman at a corporate office in suburban Houston doing all of her business. And uh, that's why none of our green cards get approved because uh, she keeps on getting threatened by the DEA. Um, but yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, let's keep going on this like year, year end awards thing. Why not? Um, for me, we've said a lot. I'm going to, I'm going to re up it right now though. Tim Parker bounce back. I guess you can say that comeback player of the year as well. And then I'll pitch it over for the alley-oop on Florian Velo, because Florian Velo uh, even got a little bit attention on Once in Metro, right? Profe, profe made the case for him for Comeback Player of the Year, right?
1: Well, yeah, and then Velo himself, when uh, when not, not when the award got given to BWP, because, you know, BWP deserves it, you know, it's fine. But uh, um, uh, when the shortlist came out, when MLS put out, like, the finalists, um you know a few days before they actually announced the winners and Velo wasn't on the list Velo or you know flow our buddy flow was online um you know talking shit about it like you know uh i don't i don't know i honestly like i i don't follow like the award kind of stuff that much i don't really care but uh um up, so like up until profe you know um kind of talked with me about doing that article uh the i I hadn't really thought of Velo being being a candidate, and I hadn't really heard any any like scuttlebutt about it, but hopefully I'd like to think that we embolden flow to you know kind of go get what's his and, yeah. and and uh and you know kind of get get indignant about it. I like that I'm okay with that,
0: yeah, i mean how even on this show. Only three or four months ago I was here sitting saying, Oh, you know, everyone's hurt. Uh, everyone's international duty. Flo's not gonna play this central midfield position again. I'm not gonna worry about it. He's so fucking played it like almost every game since then and gotten better at it and yeah. demonstrating that he could just stay there, maybe. So even a little bit of crow to eat here too, you know. I think that's one guy where uh looking forward to next season. I can't confidently say that like maybe like where he would play or that he'll like reprise the 10 and a half role that we so love from 2018. But that's a guy when I look at it and I, I think you just, you have to keep him on this squad. Like no matter what, I don't care where like, but I just want this guy on my squad utility guy just like has bounced back a million times, balls the fuck out all the time. Doesn't matter what's not to love. I want him on the team. I want him on, like on a five-year contract. Well, I don't know. It's Red Bull. We're not going to do that. But like, love it. Love me some Velo. Who else, who else gets good boy points?
1: Uh i mean kyle duncan has gotten i mean i feel like i i i personally think he's gotten a little too much attention but uh um has definitely had a good season
0: i um, was reserving that for like like i don't know weird season of the year or something like
1: yeah, that like, yeah that's good yeah i'm fine with that having just preface like that
0: season of the year but like i'm happy for him i guess yeah um I still still don't understand Mandela Igbo not playing. Yeah. Um, but I hear yeah. and obviously from if I haven't said it explicitly, obviously I missed this Toronto game. Uh but I, I hear he had a straightforwardly good game against Toronto and kind of put it all together. Is that true?
3: Yeah, I thought so. I thought he was good on the defense. He had a lot of good moments and he um um was just a like man of the not, match, right? Yeah, he just didn't fuck up.
0: What's not to love? Well, yeah,
1: I, it does I can... feel it does feel like. I mean, to go to both to to Duncan and to what we were talking about with Velo staying in the central midfield position, um it does feel like we've had less. The the we've our games have been less open mainly because we've kept it tighter in the back um than it seemed like. In the first few weeks under Carnell, when either even when our results were improving a little bit and we were attacking better, it felt like we should be getting punished a lot more on the back yeah. end. And we were getting cut open a lot. And it feels like that factor has lessened. I don't I don't know if there's any correlation of that with, you know, what what the. Uh, what our score lines have been in the last few weeks, but I f- it feels like the defense has gotten a lot tighter. And then, the, and, and I think that's a testament both to Duncan being a part of the back line, obviously, but I think also below um, learning a lot more about how to play central midfield and, and track back better and all that kind of stuff. Yeah.
0: Except against city, I guess really, you know, where,
1: yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've blocked a lot of that game out, but yeah.
0: Yeah. A lot of, that that's a game that i don't know it's it's sort of lose energy to say this but we did lose so i guess that's apt but like you know it it is uh like i mean when we scored the first goal of the second half of that game and then just the way that it it spirals out after it's just really goes downhill from being a shootout to nothing really 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 quick um and to me it to try to tie it into like a larger pattern of the season rather than like a man-on-man breakdown. uh, It felt like it showed that we're kind of a team that's approaching like preseason, like especially like 60 ish minutes in we made like a whole platoon of subs Mm-hmm. Took out Cocker, took out Yearwood eventually, I think, too, and kind of just rotated everyone out. And then City, meanwhile, though, is is it just has their manager they've been planning on having the whole time. They have their squad that they've made changes to, but fundamentally is still built around Morales and whoever, and kind of just kept that in the game a little bit longer. And, like, I think that's where the quality begins to show a little bit more, Um and then, like, we fall asleep on throw-ins again, you know? Like, how many times have we fallen asleep on throw-ins? Um, and, and I think, Cork, you had a take kind of about just the fact that as bad as C.J. Brown was, we just now have no defensive coach at all for two months. Yeah. Maybe that's going that we're just – we're not getting that kind of attention. So, um, hopefully, we can pull it together against Columbus for 90 minutes more. Um, and maybe won't get so viciously punished by the pinball. But I, I think all that said, I do agree that we have gotten tighter uh, at the back, like you said. Because Yes, 100% agree. It felt like we should have been getting punished more than we were in like August and September and early October. Um, and that's yeah. not even
1: our mistake. That's I feel like that's mostly like after Carnell took over and we started to, to play better on the front foot.
0: Yeah, that's like when the games are getting open again, right? You know, mm-hmm. when we we're scoring four goals against Miami, but also like losing freak games to Miami and and Cincinnati. You know, um, so yeah. Um, I mean, Yearwood uh, has also like maybe maybe hasn't really like gotten a chance to really be a season- player of the year yet, but um, I think successfully already. Uh, it appears that he's first choice basically like that's that pattern has been established. Um, I would expect him to play on Saturday and by the way that he's featured in the lineups and in interviews and all that kind of stuff, by all means, it appears he's firmly in our plans at the center of our plans. Um, so that's good. Cause that's the exact kind of thing that it felt like wasn't happening under Armist. Right. Everyone was just a guy who was going to flux in and out every week with no perspective as to who was going to be a centerpiece. So that's one piece of progress for me.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Next to him though, Sean Davis starts against Toronto. Um, and team captain, uh, you know, hometown guy, been here forever, but for how he literally fits with the midfield, that's still a huge question mark for me. I feel like due to his injury halfway through this year, I, I, don't have enough of an impression uh, to feel out how exactly he would fit, especially because like a lot, so many of his minutes once he was healthy are when Kaku and CCJ are gone. So that's a huge question mark for me. I don't know. Obviously he's going to, barring something crazy. I think he'll be here next spring. Yeah.
2: I mean, I think but like Velo is filling that kind of utility type role and doing a much better job at it than Sean Davis was you know able to do in the last what year 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 mm-hmm. and a half um so when we look at it you know, i think i agree with what you said before where like you know uh, i even look at Veloz, it's like he's like what we wanted Riza to be um in that first season that we had it and mm-hmm. as somebody who could just do a little bit of everything and was like just like you know high energy just like kind of balled out which is great uh but like uh i don't know uh, I don't know if I see Sean, like a role for Sean uh, under under Struber, um, especially if Velo, uh continues to play really well and just be as versatile as he is.
1: Yeah, it's become kind of a of a debate with Davis as far as whether he is a six or a more kind of advanced offensive midfielder. Because I think that debate persists because uh, people have kind of come to the come to the conclusion that he is not really that good of a six to be honest um and and not going to be um i mean i guess there is proof in the pudding that he was he was literally the six for the record setting you know points team a few years ago but um i don't think that's going to be replicated in the same way what's that
0: I don't know. I mean, I guess he, he was the what's the term, right? Like third man sort of uh, a lot of times I feel like. In, in uh, yeah, neutral- well,
1: I, yeah there, there's definitely an element that like I don't know that I don't even know that we've necessarily played with what you would traditionally call a six um, yeah. in, in the team for a while um and we haven't really had a, we have if, if there's any player who who fits that skill set that we've had in the squad recently it's caseras and he's not really played that role um yeah. so um i guess maybe less saying he's a six or like defensive midfielder or whatever as far as just you know the, the the deepest midfielder um the way we play i don't think that that role is gonna suit him and i don't know if he's um, I don't, I think they're. I think a coach like Struber is going to maybe go want to look for something better in that department. We also have Yearwood, um, you know, who I, who I just remembered, but, um, who's, yeah. who's definitely installed into the team now. So, um, there's that. And so it becomes a debate of, you know, to cycle back to what I began with, the, the debate still persists of whether he's, he's a, a you know, more of a defensive or an offensive midfield type player. And I think. You know, again, it's it's a fact that, and you know, this is my personal you know take on him and my personal rating of him. uh, You know, but just on uh, like like I just said, on the defensive side of the ball or on the on the deeper end of the midfield, I think on the offensive end, if you want to deploy him as more of an eight or even a ten, I think you you have to look for better better players than him. I don't know if he's good enough to be a you know contender-level player at that position because he did that. He was in that role pretty much in, in 2017 when we had the weird kind of 3-6-1 formation that Jesse yeah. adjusted to. But again, that was a team that was not super successful by what should be our standards recently. Yeah, so, I'd say it's um, interesting
0: because it, it, they're running back the clock on – Davis, it's actually easy to forget like how how that that debate has actually been around for a while. It got covered up by 2017, ending up being more about like Sasha and the the formation shift, and then 18 being such a success in Adams. But like it w- it was part of back gotcha, when things yeah. felt very much more like like for like, and like it felt like they're much more discreet smaller things going on with the Red Bulls. Like, you know, when we were trading Dax and Felipe in back-to-back years, uh, part of it was, like, when we traded Dax, it was like, okay, let's play Davis. And part of it was like, oh, this isn't really working. It's not, like, a perfect fit. He had, like, subbed in for uh, Dax the, yeah. in 16 when he was hurt for the first time, which was actually kind of, like, the first... I remember at the time thinking this was like the first time the Red Bulls had actually really had a major injury affect the season for a while, and he did a decent job. Um, but it wasn't really working, and then Royer gets hurt, and we kind of rearrange for Sasha. And that, that's, I think, in 17, you have a little bit of like a, hmm, he's not a six. He's actually a little bit better going forward in some ways. But then one of the patterns that you see under Armis, and all, a lot of the past maps up to the point that he's fired this year, is that like he he really was starting to command a lot of the ball. Um, or Or mm. guys are funneling him the ball and he was redistributing it at the center of the field, which was obviously not really working. Um and I agree it's it it I don't think it is the best you can do from that position. I don't think it's the best he can do. Um the way that I have probably in a flawed way thought about him or liked to think about him was sort of like a as like a Michael Carrick type player. Um mm-hmm. complimenting Adams or Sasha or Kaku
1: Yeah, exactly. That's kind of that's why I think what you were challenging a minute ago was that that he was like the defensive or or like deepest midfielder in twenty eighteen when we won the shield. Whereas like yeah, even though even though Tyler was definitely the more defensive minded midfielder and did a lot more of the of the grit work um, in in the center of that team, uh, he was a lot more you know, up and down than, than Davis who stays, Davis, uh, Davis, even when he's playing in the more offensive role, will kind of not move out of the center circle that much Yeah, um, on either side of the ball. So, yeah. Yeah. I I was going
3: to say that, I think I said this last week too, that I feel like Davis is, you know, more of kind of a a glue guy or maybe like a chemistry player where um, obviously I think on individual talent or like level alone, I don't think he beats any of the other options out, but you know, I th- I noticed that. I think when he plays with CCJ or plays with uh, Yearwood, it's it's um. Yeah, they they play he balances well it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And, th- and that it's speaks like, to what
1: that speaks to what Brett's saying about Carrick. I think, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah exactly. That's that, that's a good it enough. totally. Um, it, it totally makes sense that Armis like would miss that, right? It it really does feel like yeah. Armis is just trying to like play Michael Carrick as like our number 10 now and be like, I don't yeah, see exactly. the been here for a while. People think he's really good.
1: Clint, Clint's been playing Bradley as the 10. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> if we
0: have Drew Yearwood as our guy hitting the tree from the other side of the field, our, our skulls, you know, maybe, and just like, and I guess the skulls, when it comes to tackling for us at CCJ, just mangling the fuck out of guys, absolutely <laughs> almost <laughs> killing yeah. them. Um, but never quite getting a red somehow, uh, you know, maybe it can work. <laughs> uh,
3: I was going to say, Cork, I, I, I just have to reiterate that I think you're wrong about CCJ. Um, but also that, oh, yeah uh, for sure, I I, it's also funny because Yearwood works in in as a six. I feel like in, in an odd way, like I wasn't expecting that.
0: Out yeah, of, uh,
1: I I still I still have a tough time. I mean, I, I I'm I'm extremely hesitant, as we know, to make any judgment on the uh, judgments on anything happening this year. But uh, I I have a tough time gauging what Yearwood's position is going to end up being and what his roles necessarily going to end up being i mean obviously he's going to be a central midfielder but um the the character of how he plays i'm still kind of sussing out
3: i was going to say i feel like almost you know in counterintuitively to what we've been uh, expecting or predicting having drew sit back a little bit more and having CJ, ccj have a little bit more room to roam um it might be the best looking midfield
0: yeah, it's starting to feel crowded, though. It's re- it's really, it's really crowded here. Because, like, Stroud certainly has earned his spot. More attacking. Velo, love him. Think he's earned his spot. Surprising, like, a spot. Surprisingly deep as well, maybe. Uh, Yearwood's clearly here to stay. Um, Kaku, you know, if he doesn't get a transfer offer that we bite on, is presumably still one of the main guys in our team uh so that, like davis on paper has the least really going for him but is a the team captain and a homegrown after we've already shipped out muio after we already shipped out bwp and now he's one comeback player of the year I think it, it does feel to me that like as opposed to the Jesse teams where like we're trading captains every year, much you know, too much agita. Uh and that like but we were backing it up. Now we're not really backing it up. We've already done it with a couple guys. It does feel like maybe we've got a thinner margin here. Um, where uh you know, maybe the fact that Tim Parker being the unofficial vice captain playing so well can compensate for that. But like part of me is is less uh or is more hesitant to trade or cut Davis or something right now even though looking at it on paper it looks like he he would be the first guy on my list to maybe lose out among some of these guys the least i, I would say that maybe the the worst take
3: i can say right now is is some sort of like the the superstitious captain's curse is real <laughs> but yeah, yeah you know, like you know i don't know <laughs> it kind of looks like it
1: yeah but this will be this will be for like kind of different reasons no no yeah of course
3: um yeah. i mean like i think it's a lot more of a like a practical like or what are we trying to fit into the the square holes and the round holes and the round pegs and stuff
1: it'll be it'll be more of a of an evolution as opposed to or not 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 to put it in like it will as far as like it's definitely going to happen but uh um it, it would be it would be more of an evolution than what i you know the the dax and sasha and like all those um you know captains getting shipped off things being more of a kind of f- fact of life of being an mls and having to adjust the team sasha was was an evolution probably but um dax was was a hand that felt like yeah. A little bit more forced if the team was going to do some of the other personnel projects that it had in mind at the time. Whereas this, it just feels like you know, Davis wouldn't necessarily be in the way of anything as much as uh, just you know, not not keeping up with you know what's going on organically, even while he's still you know in the squad.
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess one one thing I'm thinking about now is you know we know Fellwell's on record many, many times about having the rule of no no assholes or no dickheads or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm wondering if that, if like, does that extend into valuing club guys? Uh, like, does that mean he like likes having a guy who like Mara or Davis who's been around forever or something, or... Is it really just like I? Don't, I don't really care. I just don't. I can bring in whoever, and we can turn whoever. Just no dickheads among them. I don't know. Um,
1: yeah, it's interesting to to think about. I mean, I'm I'm thinking about what I know from his his time at Wolves, and whether they had any guys like that who you know sort of stuck around through a lot of the different transitions. And I'm I'm struggling to think of anybody like that. I'm I'm leaning towards thinking that. He did the latter of what you said, Brett. as far as just, you know, being, being okay with churning guys through and not being super sentimental about, about old timey or like hometown guys. But, um, but just as long as they still fit his profile, um, he's okay with new guys. But um, yeah, that that is an interesting angle to think about it on.
0: Yeah. You know, like Ryan Marin is starting to feel like like that one regiment of like Czech soldiers who started the war like in Europe, but then like through weird series of events ended up fighting all the way through Siberia and being stranded on a completely yeah. different side of the con. Like Ryan, it's Ryan Maris started out as the goalkeeper of the 2012 Red Bulls uh, with Thierry Henry and then has not played at all. And all of a sudden might be like, well, he is already the most senior player might be like one of the only guys left no, among he that definitely player, yeah.
1: like there's there's i mean there's almost definitely a few front office guys and I think even some people on the technical staff who uh you know span back to these days but yeah as far as like players, he's the only guy who goes back to like you know the uh, I'm trying to think of an analogy, but just, you know, the the, you know,
0: Hans back, Baca. When, back, back
1: well, Hans Baca, but I was going to say more generally, just like back when Red Bull was stupid kind of thing like, to borrow uh, the
0: to Chicago thing, you know, Yeah,
1: exactly. But just, yeah, he he's he's the last relic of the era when Red Bull was just kind of, you know, bullshitting around like a normal MLS team. Yeah, he's
0: he's. Um, I guess he's probably the most senior player actually since our most tenured player since maybe even as early as 2015 or something. Right.
1: Like I would think so. I mean, he's, he, he's he's either the same year as laid or like one year separated before (laughs) or after I'm struggling to remember, but um, I think they're the same year actually. Yeah. 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 I it's it, Mera playing uh and then seemingly winning the the starting job. This winning the starting fraud job from Jensen right after I published Lenz's column about how great <laughs> Jensen was was that's cool. But uh um but the fact that Mara has won the job apparently um is interesting to me because yeah. I don't know that for the exact kind of reasons that we we're just going through and joking about Um, I, I would think of Mira being near the top of the list of players who, you know, a completely neutral European, uh, you know, fancy Pooh Bear, I would be looking at and thinking, oh, like, that's not, that's not of my caliber. Um, you know, that's because, you know, at the end of the day, Mira is just, you know, a guy who played NCAA ball, like we're talking about, you know, 10 years ago. So, um, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see how that kind of works out. I would think that Struber um it, there there wasn't as much like when when we did the Struberfest Fest articles for for once a metro, there wasn't as much info out there about what sort of uh goalkeeping he prefers necessarily, mm-hmm. but um it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. You would think um you know, i, I yeah, I guess it just makes it all the more confounding that Mara won the ro- role away from Jensen because yeah. you would think Jensen was bought in mind as that long term guy who any coach, not even just Struber, would would be fine with whoever fell well installed.
0: Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, Mara does not strike me as uh, it doesn't strike me that he's been spending all of his time on the bench developing these like, you know hyper modern ederson (laughs) allison like uh you know foot skills and and
1: yeah
0: yeah i don't know if struber is all about that or not or whatever but i guess my my rose-colored take on this if i try to if i try to spin it um which i do because as we established earlier uh struber can't fail he can only be failed um is uh you know maybe it's just another thing like yearwood at least where like um, it's just the team at least committing to things a little bit more concretely. It, to me, it feels like the goalkeeping back and forth felt kind of like a carousel or a coin flip for, like, guys getting randomly hurt or maybe getting dropped here or there. But then mm-hmm. it felt like there were a couple games where Mara did fine and it was like, okay, we're just going to have the goalkeeper for the rest, the rest of the year. Like, we don't we don't need to do this armless shit of changing every week. You know, he's doing fine. Maybe if he fucks up a bunch or gets hurt and knowing Mera, he probably will get hurt. Uh, you know, we can, we can switch it back to Jensen, but mm. it's 2020. So let's just keep him in for now. Who knows? Yeah, that would exactly. be like,
1: my... that's done pretty much there. Yeah. Um, but yeah.
0: Um, I'm trying
3: I think to, more,
1: uh, I was going to say, I think more straightforwardly,
3: Mara's just done impressive things right now. Um, and that, that's just been good. Yeah.
1: yeah, he's been fine. I mean, yeah, it's just fake season. But it it's right. me to I miss it. the
2: hats, though. No. The hat game.
1: Yeah, I mean Jensen's great. I, I was, I was really into making, you know, making him a star. But
3: short sleeve keeper too. Such a so, weirdo. Yeah, he's he he
0: takes weird so the other glasses. day. I mean, he's Danish, which is fundamentally weird. But like, he said something. Of said something very strange or something. Um, But, uh, the fuck, what was I going to say? Um, anyway, um, I'm trying to think about how much to say about how much more to say about Columbus. I mean, I don't, I don't, and it's like playoff bracket. Um, I mean, if we win, then we play the winner of what Toronto and whoever was beneath us on the table, whoever, like, I guess Toronto doesn't know who they're playing, right? they they play a plan winner um and we've demonstrated we can beat toronto i guess so for whatever it's worth it seems like maybe we got the the easier side of the bracket uh um, yeah i
2: don't know why we're doing so well against toronto or i mean I, it's not true i don't know there's parts that i i think make sense but uh yeah it's uh it's great uh great matchup you know so long as we get there
0: yeah yeah and um I don't, you know, like something about us losing that way to City, like scans to me, like it does some part of it just makes it feel like, yeah, that does seem like it'd be a, a worse matchup than some of these other teams um, that are maybe a little bit more uh, static. I, I, maybe I just have a perception of City burned into my mind of like, just like being the team that to Stradi strati, like randomly scores bangers on their little bullshit field to just like get them points even though i think he's been hurt or sold or something for a while that's just kind of my abiding memory of them so it kind of it kind of made sense when that happened i was like okay whatever but um oh and that was the thing about mare i was gonna say as well is that i mean i'm never i'm never totally sure what i'm watching when it comes to goalkeepers but i maybe this was just cope but i was watching some of the goals in the derby and being like i don't know i was like should that be happening is that the best you can do i don't know but to echo the point we've said before, I, lit- I literally don't know. You know, um, maybe he was shielded. Maybe he couldn't see some of these things. Maybe those guys shouldn't have been allowed to shoot from that position anyway. So, who knows? Um. Well, we've talked about a lot about a lot about the midfielders' long term his long term view and some short term view. But I guess maybe maybe we should wrap this up maybe by projecting out what kind of shape or what kind of personnel we maybe would like to see on Saturday. Um Like, I think it's, I, I think it's a good question. Maybe like not as a prediction thing per se, but like a good, a good temperature check on like, what actually do we think is the best way for the New York Red Bulls to win one game right now? Um Like, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a hard question. I think. Um Because for me, it's like, for me, it's clearly Kaku somewhere in there and Yearwood somewhere in there. But then I'm like, wait, they actually haven't really played that as much together as I would like. So then I begin to have doubts. And then I think I want White up there. Um, I think I want Stroud up there. But then... I don't know if I want Royer in there anymore either. It, it's it's very difficult for me. Um, the only thing that I know is the back five, really, and even then, part of me still wants to put in Egbo, even though that makes no sense because he hasn't played in three months. Why? Yeah, why, exactly. Why, 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 I mean,
1: you know? yeah, but, that I mean, the the Egbo Duncan thing, and then then yeah, well, I mean that 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 just kind of that that communicates to the whole idea of what you said, Britt, that there's a collision between what you would think the team that we would want to put out there would be and what the team's objectives seem to be this year and uh, the fact that you can't – that that it's a very reasonable thing to say that that Egbo is your preferred player at that position and that it would make no sense that he – that they would go to him for this game. Um yeah. those those are not mutually exclusive ideas. Um and you know that it's it's yeah you you almost have no choice but to put it like you said Britt where you have to like kind of just flat out say this is what I want. And it's completely divorced from any conception of what we think the team is going to do because you know we we have a very vague idea of what um the team has been trying to do i guess the last yeah. couple of months So um but i think a lot of what you said is 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 kind of you know what i would agree with. I think you know both both i think both in my personal preference and what i would hope the team has been doing with their their project this year that kaku would be um you know, a central in the, in the central role, like he's kind of thrived in, especially in the early weeks after Carnell took over. Um, if he's if he's passes his tests and all that kind of stuff, um, I would hope all the rotation, everything we've done the last few weeks, will make it easier for him to play, and that that'll happen. Um, and then from there, yeah, I guess I guess Royer is kind of like the big question mark, and I think it will be sort of a big statement as to his you know whether he has any future any long-term future at all you know and especially the short-term future as far as you know him not being um you know part of the plans anymore if 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 he if he had like you know 30 or whatever now is not you know a first choice starter in a must-win game what's even the point yeah um so there's that and then, um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, you know, like we talked about earlier, sort of uh, a big judgment call with the forward line, especially if, like I would hope, we're playing with Kaku in kind of the split 10 role and there's only going to be yeah. one dedicated. You would
0: folk. think that being rushed back on these Charter things, which I, logistically I, don't, I just don't get, I don't think it makes sense, but uh, mm-hmm. would indicate they want to play him. But feels like yeah. Stranger Things
1: so well, we've had Paraguay calling out Kaku for you know in the middle of COVID to another continent to not play him. So yeah,
0: yeah, true. Um, hey, he's he played though. He scored
1: finally not, not last month. Yeah, like yeah,
0: over ten. But weirdly enough, he was wearing number ten, which is very funny to me. They hadn't been playing at all, but they gave him the number ten. So
1: and he was wearing like six-year-old cleats, which <laughs> is which is tight. Yeah.
0: Well, he he uh, it fits in line with you know his. His procurement abilities, right? Being able to, he can't just send a check to buy new (laughs) cleats. He has to physically procure them. Yeah, and and got his bag of six-year-old cleats with him. So, (laughs) um, PHS Sam, what? What about you guys? Yeah, I. I, uh, Yeah, I I mean, like.
2: I think it, the lineups are, and thoughts are exactly the same as, as both of you. So the only thing I'll just add is that, I mean, we've said the last, like, what, couple months, there's been this kind of sense of frustration where we can't really seem to understand what the like pecking order is or what the cohesive like lineup is or what the goal kind of is of who's starting where. Um, and we've said that, I think, just in various positions, either on the attacking and midfield fronts. Um, So, I mean, with that in mind, I don't see why we wouldn't just both play our better players in in Kaku and and even CCJ, um, but also look to the future and play younger players. And so, I mean, that's also just kind of a nod to saying that I think Royer doesn't need to start this game if he hasn't really started in the last month or so. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think that we're perfectly fine and capable with our other players, and then relying on him and, and Caden Clark on the bench, uh, you know, and maybe Barlow. I, I don't know. Um, I, as bench players, um, but I think that we all kind of have our favorites. Um, and and I think you know, uh, skewing younger makes sense. Um, yeah. As as much as I would love Egbo, I just don't really see that happening either. Um, but yeah. I don't know, yeah. I, and and that all, I think all kind of line aligns with how we've played against Toronto, and if we just take that strategy and and try to take it, you know, we take it over to Columbus, I, you know, I'm a little more hopeful, but at the same time, like I don't think anyone here is putting too much stock into the playoffs. So,
0: yeah, guy, I didn't even mention Clark in the midfield crowding picture for next year. Yeah, Ooh, this is another spot. Um, peaches um
3: i i mean i think what might have we haven't talked about yet is how um you know at the end of the toronto game we're we're gonna we're, we're preparing for some real bunker ball in the playoffs i think uh we're gonna see hopefully maybe a lot of that or not hopefully i don't know um so yeah, I, I honestly think we might like shockingly go into Columbus with like three in the back or something. Um and see if see we can yeah. yeah, you know. <laughs> um so I mean that those are those are my thoughts right now is that like we might see something daring like that because nothing really matters. Um, thankfully. Um that could so. be fun.
0: Yeah. Three at the back. Right? Yeah. I think so. I mean like I would not mind if that's. I mean, like, yeah. If we return to that look from the summer next season, you know, I like that. Seemed neat. I just think it's neat. <laughs> um, you know what we're gonna get? What we're gonna get? Matthias Jorgensen. We're gonna get <laughs> Kevin Clark. We're gonna get Sean Newest. We're gonna get Omir Fernandez. <laughs> so, starting Every, all of it. We're gonna get fucking Kendall Macintosh. St- score uh, starting. Patrick Seeger is healthy again. Oh, good shout. Good shout.
1: Matthias Matthias Jorgensen is going to score the winner against Columbus, and there are going to be wide Jorgensen memes that make him look like a normal person.
0: (laughs) I did. I did. uh, I do need to see footage of of Struber arriving off of the plane with, with burned in tow in wide format. Can I get a can I get a wide, wide struber?
1: a wide struber?
0: Tell me wide struber. Can I get a full argon style?
3: <laughs> um It's gonna be it's gonna be rad though when uh Patty Segrist uh takes Mandela Egbo's spot on
0: the starting yeah. 11. Jason Panda needs some needs some com- Oh my god, what if it happens? What if it what if what if Patrick Segrist honest to god
1: starts on Saturday? Stop. This will be it's all been building up to this. <laughs> Panda has just been the backup this whole time. You
0: know what? I just remembered something that that I'm still sad about that like of all this shit that happened that just like like you know it was starting to go downhill in 2018 the, the canary in the coal mine was there all along we're like we had our fun it was the carlitos era everything was fine and it was great and really if they had gone through and actually subbed in Anatola bong into a game that season none of this would have happened. you know we would have won the cup coronavirus would have never happened we everything would be we'd be on earth too uh, bernie would have
1: won yeah.
0: yeah yeah definitely uh and you know would have been playing catch with uh, uh you know Amlo teaching Corbin how to hit um you know it, it would have been great um and this this will be Matty Jorgensen scoring goal will be against Columbus specifically will be like that a goal or header that almost went in in 2015
1: it'll this be will be society's it. medicine.
0: Yes, this will be this will be the coda, and then did yeah, you just imply that? Fine.
3: Did you just imply that cutting Anatole Bong caused Brexit to happen? I think that
0: happened after Brexit. Well, wait, no, wait, yeah, wait. What was
1: what? I mean, it's all symbiotic. I think, I think, yeah. uh, I think Brexit influenced Bong's you know not playing that year. You have to you have to include that as a factor.
3: Oh yeah, right. Of course, of course, of course.
1: Time paradoxes.
0: All is. that. True. But also, I don't we don't need to cutting a bong is whatever. It's specifically uh not playing him in that one game. Not not subbing him back. Like like actually though, like we fucking signed Dilly Duca, and you can't just actually play a bong again for five minutes for just to give us something. Like we're already won the league. Like, come on, come on. Was it even Jesse? Was it Armus at this time? Come on. Like, that's how you know. You know, fuck all this. Like, oh, Austria doesn't bias the DPS. Austria doesn't love us because if they did, they would have played Anatole Bong again in 2018, and that's the end of that. So, I, I fully expect him to play for us again one day uh, at the uh, at the end of history. Anatole Bong, you heard it here. Is he still playing in China?
1: He recently signed with a. Portuguese first division club that he did not show up to training for. <laughs> wow! So
0: that uh, was never a,
1: disappoints. That was an
0: OEM news roundup.
1: Yeah,
0: and I I wish I could not show up to Portuguese training. I wish I could play for. What was this team Ch- Tianjin? I wish I could be Chinese right now, but like, don't you wish you could live in a normal country?
1: Speak Chinese, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chinese. Like We should be... make this a Chinese. This is a Chinese podcast now, even yeah, though yeah. we're speaking English still. But
0: yeah, President Xi. Yeah, we're actually we're speaking Mandarin. It's just the uh, U.S. propaganda is filtering it through yeah. the the 5G. Obviously, the 5G coronavirus <laughs> to make it sound like English. But just li- I just live in the middle country. Like what a. What a nice, perfect way to refer to yourself. It's confident you're in the middle we're, of things. Yeah, we're, yeah, exactly. When you look at the map, you can't deny that that country is they in were, the middle of everything over there. That's they were really back
1: Then they were, they were not lying, yeah.
0: Uh, they're still uh, in the middle. I
3: mean, speaking of, like, we, we have a lot of Austrians that we're dealing with. It always rubbed me the wrong way that they referred to themselves as the East Kingdom. yeah. yeah center yourselves guys get it together it's very why why are you the east why why would you think of yourself as the east that sounds so weird to me very ominous east
0: of switzerland you're basing your your self-esteem and your name on switzerland no self-respecting country would do that in the middle country then we don't have problems like that so um yeah next week we'll be talking about um the fucking sparrows and we're killing all of them. Tired of their bullshit. War on sparrows is continuing. Um and uh another great week in the middle country. Um anything else to add? No. That's it. All right. Well, uh I guess we'll talk next week, unless there's probably another fucking international break. Yeah, I exactly. assume now there is. So <laughs> Three more
3: international breaks until MLS Cup Finals.
1: Isn't it supposed to be like super quick turnaround after these games too, I'm assuming? Uh, Just like a season. Probably. Whatever. We'll fucking, we'll we'll see y'all when we see ya. Like, yeah
0: yeah what is is that you've literally nothing else to do but sit on your little fucking screen and wait for the things to pop up and you play them and then you pretend to listen to your zoom call and then you're really just playing spider solitaire in the corner like i have been this whole podcast so enjoy enjoy the podcast enjoy the new york red bulls enjoy wide struber if you want fine all right next week bye
1: It's Alex!
0: and bought in and we've been what have you thought like what as you guys so or as Cork and uh, Peach is so eloquently detailed on EDSS last week just the the details and, and really decisions that go into being a red member and all the perks they in you know uh, with all these like Zoom rooms and things if you got to like sit and you know oh here hang out with Andreas Yvonne for an hour like I would just be filled with terror for like how do I talk to someone with an
1: hour no. That's the only way that I could ever interact with Andreas Yvonne, I think. Is, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the worst one. <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm every, come everything
1: with, else would be way too much.
0: I'm going to come up with a mega viral tweet that's like, you know, I think the problem on the American uh, New York Red Bull fans thing is I don't think you could uh, talk with Andreas Yvonne for a whole hour. I don't know what that says, but it says <laughs> something, you know. Um, now, could I... I, pr- I probably... I could, I know I could make it through an hour with Shep. Maybe with Steve and Shep, would I enjoy it? No, but I think, I think we, you'd be able to just like, uh It's always good to have
1: a third wheel in the conversation. Like just one-on-one with Shep might be, might, might fizzle out.
2: Like who Uh, would it be like really uncomfy with? I feel like I'm trying to think like, could you talk like with Sean Nealis for an hour? Like oh yeah, that's, no, like like, like what like at that point I don't even know what you'd start. It would just devolve into some like weird Long Island energy. I don't know. Yeah, oh,
0: I think I could probably argue with Sean Nealis about pizza for uh, an hour. Oh uh, yeah, well, uh, you think that seems like something? <laughs> that you think. It's not even about Sean Nealis there, but it's just like there's really that just comes off as of a kind of thing where you could like you know oh I'm gonna I'm gonna debate with Connor Lane about pork roll, and then you're just like, oh, it's called Taylor Ham, and that last 30 seconds, and you're like, oh, God. It's the end of The Graduate. You're just sitting at the back of the bus going, oh, fuck. Like, just looking into the camera. Um, I I, I don't know. I, I think you're essentializing pizza opinions,
3: because there are a lot of nuances that you're ignoring here.
2: <laughs> that I'm sure Sean yeah, Neal has. Texas boys got all of them. That's
3: true, yeah. Before we Before we, uh, before Brit sends another Domino's pizza to Ben Mindstam. <laughs>
0: Look, that's just my tithe, all right? Don't take it out on me that you're a fucking bad Christian, all right? Like, I pay my tithe. I'm not airing out dirty laundry that you don't. I don't tell everyone that you're not doing confession or, uh, you know, wearing the holy vestments. I don't say that shit on the podcast, but I could, and here you are revealing my tithe, all right? I just think... We should have more, uh, more congregational behavior amongst each other in our church.
3: Maybe um, you're not saying it because I, I do do these things, Britt.
0: Well, let's see how the, holy let's see of Allah do receipts. Okay? My, my
3: webcam is broken right now.
0: Oh, okay.